to a new RFM. We're talking travel and we do it for our sponsor, Travel on King. And today, Barry Warwick is with us and we have a special guest, Andy Steele from Backroads Touring. He's going to enlighten us on some of the wonderful things you can see in France. Over to you, Barry. Thanks, Jane. It's a pleasure to have Andy with us today. He's a tour guide. I'd just like to know some of the challenges and some of the things that you uh, that happen when you're on tour and things that people want to know about the battlefields. Yes, the um, I go to um, the battlefields in France and Belgium regularly, uh, both the Western Front, First World War, and D-Day, the Normandy beaches. Um, and I think the key area is uh, it's living history. So when you go to the Western Front... Um, you know, up in France and Belgium, there's still 56,000 Australians that are buried. They still remain there. And where you can personalise the visit, where you have families who are visiting relatives um, and you can do the research and personalise the visit, it's a wonderful experience both for them and for me. And I always learn every time I I visit um, a site. So with the research, if someone is on tour with you and you haven't met them before, how do you research or or give them that personalised experience? Yeah, it's very often when I do a a tour, uh, I ask the company, or if I'm doing it myself, I do do the inquiries myself, uh, enabling me to do the research before I leave the UK. And um, if we have a, a... a young Australian who died in 1916 or 17. Um, not only can I research the grave and find out where, where he's buried, if he has a grave, um, I can also take the the family to where he fought, where he was wounded, uh, very often where he died. Um, by looking at the battalion war diaries, converting it into contemporary maps from that time, trench maps, and then converting that into contemporary maps, and then work, walking the, the ground three-dimensionally, obviously. So this, this uh, personalisation must endear you, you to many people in terms of um, going on tour and personalising it for them. So what, uh, what other things do you do in terms of, um, you know, after they leave and... Do they keep in contact or what happens then? Yes, very often. Um, they keep in contact. Um, I'm contacted reasonably regularly um, by, by groups and by families uh, to conduct research and, and take people on tour um, in France uh, as a whole and also uh, up in the battlefields of D-Day and, and the Western Front. Yeah. So which, which are the main battlefield areas? I know that you've mentioned the actual... Uh, uh, areas of the Belgium and Normandy, etc. But um, are there any battlefields that you really specialise in? Uh, there are two. Um, the Ypres salient, which is just inside Belgium, um, which was fought over for four years. Uh, and then, of course, down in the Somme, um, right the way down to Amiens and Villa Bretonneau, where the dawn service is held. Uh, so those are the main two areas. But Normandy is also important. Uh, not so much from a, an Australian perspective, um, but I, I go there reasonably regularly as well for the D-Day landings. In tour guiding just generally, uh, you not only do the battlefields, but you do other areas of France. Do, do you have an area that is um, actually a, 
your favourite area? <laughs> I, I I love France. I love the French. Um, uh, I don't have a specific area, uh, although I do love Normandy, uh, and I love the Loire. Um, when, when you go on tour, um, each area has its own uh, architecture, its own design. Uh, the topography is always different. So if you go to Normandy, for instance, uh, they use con stone in the construction of the building, lovely soft stone. You go into Brittany, it's granite, dark granite. And then down to the Loire, it's tufu stone. So uh, it it's, has its own character and personality, each particular area. And what about food in those areas? Is, is food an important uh, aspect of it? And um, does it vary as much as the, the building content? Yes, they're very, um, they're very provincial in relation to menus. So um, you can go to a certain area and they're very proud of, of their food in, in a particular area. I take groups to locations uh, that they wouldn't particularly uh, go to and, and, and eat at establishments, cafes, that they probably wouldn't choose. I call them liner and formicas because they are uh, visited by the French at lunch and we mix with the French at all these locations and so we part, feel part of the community. That sounds really good. And as you're a French speaker, I guess that enhances the, the whole experience for most people. Yes, it does. Uh, I, I, um, I like speaking French. And I have to say that if I have a, a couple of glasses of wine in the evening, uh, somehow, and I don't know how my French improves dramatically. <laughs> We're talking travel on to NURFM for our sponsor, Travel on King. And with us today is our special guest, Andy Steele from Backroads Touring. Now, Andy, you've spent a lot of time in France and you're going to tell us all about some of the things you like about France, the very special things. Yes, Andy, you mentioned a little bit about um, getting into the cafes and uh, the little French eateries. Yes, I, I, I love taking people to, to France, and I love the French, I love um, uh, France. But the French culture, uh, rural culture uh, out in the country, is, is generally based around small communities. And in these communities, they have cafes. Uh, and the cafes uh, I try and take people to are privately owned, husband and wife. I call them Lino and Formicas, and we go in there, and we sit down, and we are part of the community. Um, they are off the beaten track. They're not on the tourist route. No one else really goes there. They don't speak any English, and so uh, I, I translate and, and we, we speak French. But you feel as if um, you're part of the culture. And a good example is uh, Café I go to, which people could look at, Café du Commerce, in a little village called Martini Fuchel. We go in there, I know the lady... Uh, and locals will come in, and uh, there's no conversation between the lady behind the bar and the locals. She'll just pour the drink, and the drink will be presented in front of the person sitting at the bar, and they'll 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 look at us, and in French say, who are they? Uh, and the lady behind the bar says, oh, they're Australian. All right, and they'll look round the corner at us, as if we got you know two heads, because they don't have tourists there. But... You're part of the community and and the culture of rural France, which is really important. 
Yeah, I think that that's some of the the things that Australians look for is that culture and that little bit of difference that um, you you described there. Um, what are some of the other little things that bring home the actual French culture? I think um, I think uh, it, it every area is has its own regional uh, dishes, uh, and and the topography is always uh, different. Um, I go down to the Pyrenees uh, quite often and walk up into the Pyrenees, uh, which is the most beautiful area. People think of mountains, they think of Alps. Pyrenees is often forgotten, but uh, you can go up there uh, for a week without any roads, cars, radios, televisions or telephones or whatever, um, and stay in refuges, uh, go from one refuge to another. Wonderful scenery, and and you hardly meet anyone. Um but it's a well-hidden secret. You know, the French go down there and go trekking. Wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So how how do you get on? I mean, obviously you're all right, but how do um, your clients react when uh, they can't actually converse with the, the locals, so to speak? I think it's, I think it's part of the attraction. Uh, I, I translate, um, but I, I, I do encourage people to to uh, order something in French by the end of the visit uh, and I help them and, and they put an order in for coffee or meal or, or try and speak French and actually the French are very good if you actually try and speak French they will help you uh, um, and uh, they are absolute, absolutely delightful but that's part of the attraction and part of the advantage I have is I can take people to these places and speak French and, and so there isn't this barrier now, you also do West Country tours as well. West Country, I'm referring to England in, in this case. What are some of the interesting things? You know, England's noted for its little lanes. and I, uh, I, I go down to the West Country quite, uh, quite often. I live between Oxford and Windsor. Uh, and, and as you get down to the other side of Exeter, there are no motorways. And, and the lanes are very narrow, ancient lanes where they've sunken and, and the sides are really quite high. Um, and as you drive down, I often have comments behind me, what happens if you meet something coming the other way? Uh, well, the answer is, well, you stop and work it out. Uh, and, and either you or the other vehicle has to reverse. Uh, but that's part of the attraction is when you're driving somewhere and the grass is hitting the wing mirrors on both sides, you can't see anything in front of you. Um, and that is actually exploring the, the real back roads of, of places like Cornwall, you, you really feel as if you're part of it. And the villages, and uh, again, you get into the villages in that area as well, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, some of the villages I've noticed when I've been over there have uh, these incredibly narrow roads that you seem to be uh, really driving between, well, <laughs> into your own backyard here in Australia. That, that's the distance between what is really a main road through the village. Yes, the, I think people, uh, especially from, from, from Australia, um, are astounded by the, the, the narrow roads. But the, the principle is very straightforward. Uh, cars, lorries, buses and whatever came after these towns and villages were constructed. These towns and villages date back two, three, four, five thousand years. And so the, the little narrow roads going through the village is the original road, the houses were built, and then, of course, the car only came in the last 100 years. And, and, and the village is tied to adapt and adjust itself to the big vehicles. But if you're in the UK and you, you live 
in in these kind of areas, you do get used to it. In Australia, generally, uh, all the buildings came after the car was invented, and so you've got big straight roads, dual carriageways, etc. Um, but as you get into the the back country in the UK, uh, it is entirely different. And the dining experience of the UK, contrasting it with France, what's the what's the dining experience in these villages? The the, the main thing is it's changed actually. Um, is uh, pubs. The pubs now, uh, w- when I was young, pubs used to, to provide drink uh, and a few crisps and things. Now pubs are dining areas. They also provide uh, uh, beer and, and wine and whatever, but they are really, really good quality. So I often go to, to local pubs that I know. Uh, we go in, have a bite to eat, uh, and there's always a local beer. And and the local beer, unfortunately for Australians, it's a little bit warm, tepid, tepid, <laughs> but it's but it's excellent. It really is good, and it's tasty and hoppy and gorgeous, um, rather than you know Australian beer, which is really really cold. Yes, and and each uh, each country, each town makes their own beer, which is always an experience as well, isn't it? So it is. Uh, I, where I live, uh, we've got a a couple of breweries. Uh, and uh, they are absolutely superb. And so I, when I go somewhere, I seek them out. Uh, but these pubs uh, are invariably very old. Uh, apart from the church in, in these communities, the pub is often the oldest building because it was always a hostelry that people actually stayed in, could get refreshment, could get a bite to eat before then walking on further to the next village or hopping on the horse and going on to the next town. Many thanks to Andy Steele from Backroads Touring. Next week we'll be talking travel again at the same time after the one o'clock news on Friday. Thank you, Barry Warwick.